I find the words today from Jesus to be rather bizarre. Woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are filled now. Woe to you who laugh. Woe to you when all speak well of you. What is he really saying? He's basically dropped the politically correctness and just straight up is giving us these blatant statements in our face. And I want to explain just a few of these crazy statements and give you a couple ways that you can practically live them. Because the Beatitudes, which is what we hear today, are the Magna Carta of the Christian life. They are the blueprint. It's what we're called to live. And so what does it mean when Jesus says, Woe to you who are rich. It's not woe to you who are successful, or woe to you who have wealth, or woe to you if you've done well and made a good living for yourself. What he's saying is, woe to you who always want more, who are never satisfied. And this, this thing, this success that you've had in your life is a good thing, but when it begins to own you, Woe to you. My brother and I were just on vacation, and when we go out and come back, <clears throat> we usually talk for, you know, about the first three hours. And then after that, we don't have much to say to each other, so we listen to a book on tape. Because we don't read books, we listen to them. And the book we were listening to was The Creature from Jekyll Island. It's a fascinating book, uh, if you ever get a chance to read it. It's a commitment. It's a fat book. But basically what it is, is it chronicles the banking system of America and how corrupt it is and how the whole system is based on the principle of usury. Usury is when you lend an interest, but the interest becomes impossible to pay back. That's how the banking system in America works. It basically is a great sin from the Old Testament, and that's how we've built our country. But it chronicles these three families, the Carnegies, the Rockefellers, and the Rothschild. I don't know if you know any of these three families. They're the richest families maybe to ever live in the history of the world. They could never get enough. They said that when J.D. Rockefeller died in, in our day and age, what he was worth was $300 billion. $300 billion. In reference to the Great World War, Nathan Rothschild said, I don't care who wins the war, so long as I make a profit from both sides. Does wealth own you? Does it possess your thoughts? Is it constantly on your mind? So how do we get past this? <clears throat> the, the Bible is very clear. God is very clear on a 10% tithe. 10%. 10% of your income should go, I don't care where it goes for the record. This is not another Father Waltz, we need money homily. But I'm going to throw a little plug for that. We do need money. I don't care where you give it, but you have to give it. Or it will begin to own you. 10%. And remember, 10% is biblically the minimum. It's not the maximum. 
It's the minimum that we are to give. And I realize that the more money you have, the more you have to give. Now, for J.D. Rockefeller, in order for him to give away 10% of his income, he would have had to have given away, what, 30 billion? No, 3 billion. That's a lot of money. Now, I'm not coming down on these. I mean, these families obviously gave, they were philanthropists, whatever. But do you give as much as you can? Do you give that 10%? I remember my first year as a priest, I was like, oh, I'm totally giving 10%. I'm giving more than 10%. I'm I'm a generous son of a gun. Went in and did my taxes, giving 6%. And so what I did, I thought this was genius. You can do this. Don't feel bad if you steal it from me. What I did is I set up another checking account, and each month, 10% of my check went into that, it was just automatic withdrawal right into this other separate account. And then I have that separate account at the end of the year, I can pull from it throughout the year and if at the end of the year I haven't used it for anything, I write a check to a charity. Then I'm for surely giving 10%. Why? Remember, Jesus isn't telling us these things to ruin our lives. He's telling them to save our lives. The stakes are simply too high, my friends. You got one life to live. You get sucked into the love of money, your soul is dead. It's dead. He goes on. Woe to you who are filled now. All of us sitting in this church are filled. We may have a little debt. We may be behind on payments here or there, but we're filled. But we need to realize that by midnight tonight, 16,000 children will have died from starvation globally. And tomorrow, 16,000 more children will have died from starvation. And Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday. And they will not have died from getting sick. They will not have died from a catastrophic Natural disaster, they will simply have died because they did not get enough food for their body to function. Are we aware of that? In the midst of that stark reality, Jesus is saying, you guys, me included, if you are filled and you don't do anything about them, yeah, woe to you. Watch out. Again, this last week, I was out on vacation in Montana skiing. It's kind of funny because I'm preaching about being filled and rich, and I'm out skiing in Big Sky. (coughs) Excuse me. But while we were out there, there's a side note by that. Anyway, you, you can live a normal life and live the Beatitudes. You can. It's just constantly being aware of others. But while we were out there... As you would ski, you would, you would ski past these houses, these mountain cabins that are bigger than St. Joseph's Parish. They are not cabins, they are mansions. And usually no one is ever there. And these are people's second, third, or fourth homes. Woe to you who are filled. And do nothing about it. 
or minimally do something about it. Practical advice here. Maybe your children had received a great education. They're full of knowledge. They've been filled. There are many children that need to be filled with knowledge. And so maybe you could prayerfully discern to sponsor a child for education here at St. Joe's. Now, I know that everybody can't do that. I know that some of you can. I know that some of you could do way more than that. But if you can't do that, here's a smaller way. I got this idea from Father Russ Kovash. I use it because it works really, really well. I buy a stack of script cards about that thick of Burger King or McDonald's. And every time I see a poor person on the side of the road, I give them one of those cards. Because I'm filled. They're not. I hope you're starting to see the common denominator of the Beatitudes. If you're not, I'll give it to you at the end. But you should be already. Finally, Jesus goes on to say, Woe to you who laugh. That stinks for me. Because I laugh a lot. But I don't think Jesus is saying, Woe to you who like to have, you know, a good time. Woe to you who like comedy. Woe to you who like to joke. I think what he's saying is, woe to you who spend your life in the pursuit of fun. Woe to you who spend your life in the pursuit of fun. As if the whole meaning of life is fun. This life is not about fun. There are fun times. But ultimately, what we want as humans is joy. We want joy, and joy only comes from the authentic gift of self. From sacrifice. Again, nothing wrong with laughter, nothing wrong with fun, but if you pursue them and forget about the bigger truths of life, like beauty and love and goodness and sin and death, if I use laughter to forget about the terrible suffering that goes on in 75% of the world, like the fact that 16,000 children will be dead tonight, Or that every 27 seconds a baby dies of abortion in this country. Or that every day 125,000 babies are aborted globally. If I'm just seeking fun and I forget about that, yeah, woe to me. Because I've missed the meaning of life. The common denominator, if you haven't picked it up yet, the whole point of the Beatitudes... The whole point of life is to realize that this life is not about you. This life is not about you. Jesus is trying to wake us up. That's why he's so blatantly in our face. The stakes are too high. We only have one life. Really quickly, I'm a little ADHD, but I've been watching this. There's this app called Curiosity Stream. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's great. It's like two bucks a month, and you can watch all these documentaries. I'm watching this one on the universe. The universe is so dang old, and it's going to go on for like trillions of years. If you think about that and the minuscule time that we have on this earth, Man, we better not mess it up. You got one chance. One chance. 
Don't waste it on money. Don't waste it on seeking to fill your own ego. And don't waste it on just having fun. My advice this morning, follow the Beatitudes. Forget about yourself. Because in this one life, we better get it right.